0: Cheetos
1: Omnidirectional T. Welcome to Knick News, I'm Alex
0: And I'm Anthony, and my first story is Food News This is from Delish.com Your yeah. favorite website <laughs> Um Cheetos Mac and Cheese is coming to stores, and we could not be more pumped to try it.
1: Is that a play on their, like, marketing? Isn't it, Because it's pumped and that's like Cheetos?
0: Oh, maybe. I don't know. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the headline that they went with. I... <laughs>
1: Aren't this, this article re- this
0: this person is really excited to try this that's all that oh, I know.
1: okay i don't know why my mind jumped that it meant like it was some type of thing because like is, i feel like cheetos marketing is like pump up the flavor and stuff probably but i could have just made that up
0: yeah, i don't know I have no idea. never mind <laughs> never mind <laughs> i did not do my research apparently um so the brand is launching mac and cheese inspired by cheetos if you couldn't gather that from the headline <laughs> there's not a whole lot to the story uh <laughs> This news was first posted by Instagrammer at Candy Hunting, uh, clearly hmm. hunting more than candy. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, who said that the product is now out in three different flavors, bold and cheesy, flame and hot, and cheddar jalapeno, which I think all sound pretty good.
1: <laughs> so it's it's actual mac and cheese. It's mac and...
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I should and have it's, specified. It's not like mac and cheese flavored Cheetos. It's Cheetos flavored mac and cheese. Yeah,
1: just... I. I thought that's what you meant, but I just wanted to double check. Yeah. And is it like mac and cheese that comes in like a box? Yes. like Yes. It's like, like... it's like
0: instant mac and cheese. Okay. Same okay. idea. Um, so Delish reached out to PepsiCo, and they confirmed that the new treat is officially hitting Walmart stores and their website on August 8th. This So it sounds like it slipped the street date in a couple of places. Okay. Um, that's... Soon, so it's yeah. not that far in advance, um, and it's expected to expand to other retailers nationwide in 2021. It's made with quote authentic Cheetos cheesiness, which notice they're not saying cheese, <laughs> just cheesiness. Uh, <laughs> and uh, corkscrew <laughs> pasta noodles, and will be available in the three flavors that I mentioned in both cup and box formats. So it's like like I said, instant uh, yeah. mac and cheese, and okay. Uh, on the Walmart website, the box only costs ninety eight cents. So you really—that's pretty good. You really can't go wrong with that. It's
1: pretty good. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah.
0: Um, personally, I think the flaming hot sounds really good. I think I would try that.
1: Oh yeah. See, I don't like spicy stuff, that's so i would right, probably yeah. just do the original one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't like the jalapeno. Then either. also, like, I
1: don't know if I would want like Cheetos type cheesiness to be in a mac and cheese dish. Like, yeah, I don't. I'm know curious if actually... what
0: that's going to taste. How that's going to taste different from. Regular like mac and like regular yeah. instant mac and cheese because I feel like it's all the same kind of artificial cheese flavor. Yeah, that,
1: the, like cheese powder stuff. Right. Um
0: Whereas like the hot, the flame hot at least is like kind of distinct flavor. Yeah, but.
1: that's fair. I don't know. I'd be willing to try it. Yeah. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd like it.
0: Yeah. I I would definitely I would definitely try it I love like mac, I love mac and cheese.
1: I well I I love mac and cheese, but if I had to pick like. A, a, like a processed snack food that had a cheesy flavor to it to, like, combine with mac and cheese. I don't know if I would have picked Cheetos. I feel like I would want to do, like, Cheez-its? cheese puffs or oh, something, cheese puffs. actually.
0: Yeah. That's mm. what I
1: would pick.
0: I could see that being good. Yeah,
1: I don't know why. I've never liked cheese its that much. We've talked about this before when we yeah. did the, the cheese yep. pizza.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know why. I just, it's not my thing.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan, but I get it. I understand. Cheese puffs, though. Cheese puffs. Those I think I think everybody loves cheese puffs.
1: My first story is animal news. This is from sciencenews.org. The, the, the headline is penguin poop spotted from space ups the tally of emperor penguin colonies. They used satellite images of penguin droppings to figure out like population numbers.
0: Is, wait, is, is their poop bigger than the penguins? Because why wouldn't you just count the penguins then?
1: I don't know. It's because, well, it did kind of explain it. It's because it like shows up. You can see it because it's like a color over the snow. And I guess you can't see the penguins in the same way.
0: I don't know. The penguins are also a color, right? (laughs) I
1: thought this, these are emperor penguins. Like they are colors. They're like,
0: yeah, they're black. Yeah, mostly, and then they have like a white belly.
1: No, apparently it's more accurate to look at feces patterns. Apparently, I don't really know why, but that was the headline that the article about. Okay. Um. So, uh, patches of penguin guano spotted in new high-resolution satellite images of Antarctica reveal a handful of small, previously overlooked emperor penguin colonies. To your point, I don't know why they couldn't just look for penguins. Yeah, but. it's
0: like they specifically said high-resolution photos. Toons like, oh, well, we can't tell if that's a penguin. Yeah. We can be—we're a hundred percent sure that's penguin poop. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> they actually had a picture of one of the images in the article, and it was just looked like um, like dirt or something. Like it was like a brownish, reddish, like smear kind of. I'm sorry, but that's what the picture was. And that's how they're using So my theory is that, like, somehow counting just the penguins themselves is, like, maybe they, like, go all over the place. But if they look at that, it's just like, oh, that means, like, there's ones, like, roosting here or whatever. That's probably the wrong word. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe that's why. That's just a theory, though. I'm just speculating. Okay. So anyway, eight new colonies plus three that were newly confirmed brings the total number of known emperor penguin colonies to 61, um, which is 20% more than previously thought. Um, so I think it was like this finding compared with some other things they've been doing recently to try to measure how many of these penguins are there. Um, and then it says, Penguin guano shows up as a reddish-brown stain against white ice, snow and ice. In the past, geographer Peter Fretwell, along with penguin biologist Phil Trethen, both from British Antarctic Survey in Cambridge, England, Hunted for the telltale stains and images from NASA's Landsat satellites, which have a resolution of 30 meters by 30 meters, but the launch of the European Space Agency's Sentinel satellites, I guess recently, um, which with with a much finer resolution of 10 meters by 10 meters, makes them able to see things in much greater detail, such as tinier patches of guano representing smaller colonies, according to Fretwell.
0: So it sounds like penguins are just really messy. And that's how you can tell. I guess. Gross. Again,
1: speculation. Uh, yeah, so they, uh, at the end of the article, it said that they think with the new numbers, there's around, like, 55,000 more birds than what previously what they previously thought. So oh, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. And they have a, a map of, like, the locations of where they found all the colonies, which is kind of cool because it's, like, all just, like, around the edge, like, by the water and, like, they're all, you know, marked. And then, um, yeah, and like I said, they had a picture of the, one of the satellite <laughs> images, which, not going to show you right now but if you're interested you can go look look that up i guess yeah. it doesn't look like anything i mean it's just like right. white snow and then there's just this like a stain on it right so okay yeah kind of weird but
0: it's yeah it is it's interesting it is interesting to see how we count these things because yeah it, it seems like it would be a very challenging thing to do from the ground
1: oh yeah i'm sure yeah so at least they have some way to do it it's good monitor monitor the animal populations
0: My next story is science news. But also kind of food news. Ooh. This is from CNN. The correct way to make tea? Science weighs in on microwaving versus kettle. Oh. I'm sure, so, have you seen these debates online between people from the U.S. and people from the U.K. over, like, Making tea in a microwave versus making tea in a kettle? I
1: actually have not, but that's very amusing to me that that has been happening.
0: Yeah. Apparently people in the UK are just, like, disgusted that we microwave, like, tea over here, which... What's oh, the difference? I, we'll get to that. Okay. Because, <laughs> right. like, I, that is also my thought, but apparently they're... Okay. Science, science I'm is, listening. Science is weighing in. Um So now scientists have waded into these debates, apparently confirming what many Brits have known instinctively for years, water heated in a microwave just isn't the same. I don't know why we're looking into this, but I guess... Because no one has anything else to do. (laughs) We're all so bored. Um, So microwaves heat liquids unevenly, making the liquid at the top of the container much hotter than the liquid at the bottom, uh, a team of Chinese scientists found. Their study was published on Tuesday in the journal AIP Advances from the American Institute of Physicists. Uh, Typically, when a liquid is being warmed, the heating source, uh, such as a stove or electric kettle, heats the container from below. And the process of convection means that as liquid towards the bottom of the container warms up, it becomes less dense, moves to the top, allows a cooler section of liquid to contact the heat source. And this ultimately results in a uniform temperature throughout the container as the water kind of just cycles through. Makes sense. Like being at the bottom. Um, however, in a microwave, the heat source is everywhere. <laughs> so the, pro- or the convection process doesn't occur. It's just It just ends up heating at the top a lot. Which actually makes a lot of sense because... <laughs> I'm a heathen, apparently, and I microwave my tea, so and the top always seems to be really, really hot, like the top of the container even just seems oh. hotter than the bottom. Hmm. Um, so while kettles may heat water more evenly, other scientific research has shown that microwaves can actually draw more of tea's potentially beneficial compounds, uh, like catechins, which are in like a m- material with uh, antioxidant properties, hmm. as well as the caffeine. So heating it in a microwave might actually make it, like, a more caffeinated beverage. Ooh. So there's some advantages, apparently, but also the, the heating is uneven. But also, it all kind of works out in the end, right? Like, you heat it up, and then you, like, let it cool to a drinking temperature, and then by that point, it's kind of, it feels like it's evenly distributed to me, at least. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that why it matters if the water is not heated evenly because it's, it's going to mix or don't you stir it with a spoon
0: or, or yeah or just like even over uh, like, time i think it just kind of it's yeah over time by, too can, Even if you by don't, but, like contact the water molecules are eventually going to kind of be at a similar temperature right I don't yes know. yes i might i might not know what i'm talking about but no that's yeah. true
1: but like don't you do anything to move the water around if you, when you make tea in the microwave do you like Okay, two questions actually. Yeah. Three questions. Do you microwave it with the tea bag in it? Yes. Okay. When you take it out, do you like kind of like move the tea? Do you do the like donkey of the tea bag? <laughs> the
0: donkey. <laughs> do I donkey the tea bag? Yes. Yeah, I donkey the tea bag. So
1: I would argue that that motion mm. would mix the water enough to make it even That's a temperature. Good point. Yeah. So that was the first thing. And I was going to say, actually, when I've done this, I just microwave the water first and then put the tea in it after. Yeah. And like, But again, like the same thing, like if you either start with a spoon or if you donkey the bag,
0: donkey the tea bag, then it's going to mix it
1: and it's all going to even out the temperature. Like it's not like, yeah, Yeah. yeah, maybe like as it's microwaving, the top is hotter, but like why that's not, I'm not sitting,
0: I'm not in the microwave taking sips as it goes like, man, this is, this isn't, this isn't right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I, it's just funny to me. I, th- I think more than anything, it's funny to me how bent out of shape people from the UK get about, like, they're just, like, horrified that we microwave this. And it's just, like, the water gets hot. Like, the water's going to get hot Yeah. however you do it. It just, it's, hey, it's way faster also. <gasps> so that's a hot tip from me to you. <laughs> like, microwaving it is way faster than than waiting for something to boil.
1: Yeah, I think it's just more of a cultural comfort thing.
0: Yeah, like
1: it's not the same. Like microwaving yourself a cup of tea almost just feels like less like comfort home or something than yeah. putting like a kettle on or something like that. Like I guess I'm just I'm trying I'm just trying to see I've that also point of view. Like That's what I'm always
0: microwaved my tea so. <laughs> I, I i don't have any of that like oh this is this sounds like the the tea kettle boiling sounds like home it just sounds no, no. The, that whistling sound it's like no, the beep of the microwave is how <laughs> I know it's ready like <laughs> that's that's my kettle <laughs> whistling
1: all right, my next story is technology news This is from Gizmodo. The headline is. These motorized shoes could be the key to making virtual reality fully immersive.
0: Ooh, I like the sound of this.
1: Uh, The article starts out with this. There's no shortage of people trying to make virtual reality gaming a more immersive experience. There are VR arenas where people strap on a uh, backpack and play in a pre-programmed area. There are gloves and shoes and even VR treadmills. Well, now software engineer Alexander Evans is making his own 3D-printed VR shoes, and Gizmodo thinks they look like the best VR accessory to date. That's what they said, so I was like, oh, okay. okay. Right. Uh, Evans posted his creation to Reddit a few days ago. Each shoe has omnidirectional wheels on it, so one track of horizontally-facing wheels and one track of vertically-facing wheels. Uh, there's also a motor attached to each battery-powered shoe to help control movement. Um, Users don't need to lift their feet off the ground to move. They're like designed to, basically, as you move your feet to just kind of like glide in a direction. Okay. Um, And then Evans noted in his blog that the shoe should be used with a safety harness mounted to the ceiling, <laughs> which will pre- <laughs> prevent the user from rolling into any walls and possibly injuring themselves or breaking something while wearing a VR headset. Which like probably makes sense. Like yeah. you're you're mounted in place. You're but then basically you can, like, on your roller legs. skates. So yeah right um and then also at present the shoes have to be manually controlled with an android app but evans is working uh to make the software like more automated and then actually integrate it with vr games so it's not there yet Mm -hmm. um and he also plans to support crouching movements as well as jogging speed so right now it's just like walking um but here's a picture, and actually, there's videos of it too. But I just took a photo so you can see like what they look like. But they're basically just like square, kind of like platforms almost. So that you are kind of just like f-
0: move your feet back and forth, and that's how you walk. Yes, exactly. Okay.
1: Yeah. Huh. And they just wheel back and forth in in place, basically. All right.
0: That's interesting. I <laughs> I feel like the treadmill is still a better experience though because you actually have to like walk. But yeah, but like. That's also probably more tiring.
1: Is is omnidirectional? Is an omnidirectional treadmill a thing now?
0: I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not.
1: Because don't you kind of need that aspect of it too, like being able to like turn and walk in the another direction easily?
0: This is true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So Maybe. I'm assuming
1: that that's what the challenge is with treadmills. The
0: omnidirectional treadmill sounds ideal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you yeah? Have you ever read um, Ready Player One? Mm-hmm. They that guy has an omnidirectional treadmill, it, but yeah, it's a good book. I, well, I liked it. I don't know, but um, he, that guy had an omnidirectional <laughs> treadmill. Well, and it's, like, a, if it's in a book,
0: a, then it's got to be possible. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that book didn't have that many magical things, in it. I mean, it was just like a virtual reality world. That's you know, true. With, with haptic gloves.
0: Yeah, I feel like we can't be that far off from something. Pretty similar to that. Similar, not exactly. Yeah. that. hopefully
1: maybe, not totally like a dystopia where everyone. Oh yeah, in not the dy- reality, not the dystopia
0: but <laughs> part. The but the, the technology, the technology part, would be. Pretty yeah, cool.
1: I think we're getting there.
0: Because yeah, so far every VR game I've played, it just it's still there's something off about it. Yeah, and I think a big part of it is the mo- is the moving of the character, and as a lot of them kind of make up for it by just having your character like point at a place and then like warp to it, oh, which is yeah. just not immersive at all (laughs) because i can't do that in real life because if i could i would
1: (laughs) well um this article actually also mentioned that they think that having like a shoe like this might help with like the motion sickness issues that some people have too Mm. with movement because you're actually like probably similar to a treadmill but you're actually like moving your feet so
0: right because a a lot of the motion sickness comes i think from the dissociation of the movement of the character from like your physical motion Mm. Um, and it's just like your brain gets confused and gets sick.
1: Yeah, which makes sense. That's what motion sickness kind of
0: right. is. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> My next story is entertainment news. This is from nintendolife.com. All right. Uh, the headline is, Pikmin 3 Deluxe, officially announced for Switch, includes all downloadable content and new content. Pikmin? Yes. I
1: have never played that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know probably, very
1: little about that. That's
0: why I'm extremely excited and you're sitting there going, huh? <laughs> 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 what if is If you're that? excited,
1: I'm excited. I've yeah. just never played Pikmin.
0: So, yeah. I guess I'll kind of summarize what the Pikmin games are. Basically, you play... Uh, Little a, a tiny person from a distant planet that has crash landed on Earth, but they're like a couple of inches tall and they find these creatures called Pikmin that are kind of, they're kind of like bipedal ants Okay, is the way that they got them. And you just gather like a swarm of them and you use, and you like, you use their abilities to like move things and, oh. and like fight these like bugs. Bug type creatures and things, hmm. but it's like all from like a really tiny perspective. It's really cool. Hmm. Um, it's like a strategy game. Uh, okay. But anyway, there have been three main Pikmin games. Two of them were on the GameCube, and one of them, one of them was on the Wii U. That one was Pikmin Three, and so this is Pikmin Three Deluxe. It's a port of that game for the Switch because nobody bought a Wii U, but everyone has a <laughs> Switch. So, so. Nintendo's basically ported all of their first-party games from, this, from nice. the Wii U to the Switch at this point. Um, the game, in addition to it, like the original game, all of the downloadable content from that game, it will also now feature multiple difficulty modes, which wasn't a thing in the original. Um, okay. And also some brand new side story missions featuring Olimar and Louie, who are the protagonists from the first two games. Um, the whole original story, as well as the side missions, will be playable in two-person co-op. Which is pretty exciting. Oh, uh, that wasn't a thing in the original either. Fun, uh, and there will be other assorted new features like collectible badges, which are kind of like trophies or achievements in other games, as well as the return of the Piclopedia, which is an encyclopedia of the creatures that live on the planet that was present in Pikmin Two but absent from the original Wii, re- Wii U release of Pikmin Three. So they're bringing it back, and you can like look at an encyclopedia of all the creatures you encounter. Which I always
1: okay. I love, I love kind of stuff thing. like that. I love. I that kind of thing in a love. Game. That kind of thing where you can just, like, basically complete a collection. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. It's like the museum in Animal Crossing. It's the same idea. Or Pokemon. Yes, (laughs) exactly, yeah. Collecting things
1: Yeah. like,
0: filling in in an index of them or a Pokédex. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I
1: don't know why that's so fun. It just is. Like It's
0: very satisfying. Yeah. It gives you a sense of progress and i i could go Mm -hmm. i could go on and on on why i love games that feature like collectibles and percentages and like clearing (laughs) yeah it's a lot of fun for me anyway uh this game will launch on the switch on october 30th so okay of this year so it's not that far off yeah
1: it's not too far off
0: um but yeah i just wanted to talk about it because i adore these games i think they're so cute the music the music is really good the environments are beautiful it's and it's I don't know it's it's just cool I'm also I'm also fascinated by like playing as something really tiny that has a different perspective of our world mm. like and just seeing things like from because in Pic, in Pikmin two at least you would find like treasures which were just like essentially trash from our world but they would like give them fanciful names like a like a soda can might be like orange juice tube or something like oh, it was just like, like or. They're better at naming them. Than I am, but, Like they would like come up with an like a like this something grandiose kind of like name for fancy. for a piece of trash that they found and like yeah. was worth a punch of money on like their home planet or something. So it was just I don't know. That it, sounds it's sounds kind fun. of fun. It's like an an alien adventure on our planet. So
1: yeah, that sounds neat.
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it for anyone who likes games.
1: <laughs> for anyone who has a Switch and likes cutesy games,
0: cutesy games that are like. But also kind of like strategy I don't know puzzle. is
1: probably the wrong word It's to definitely
0: use, got it's definitely got like a cute um, aesthetic, but it's they, they can be quite challenging. And there's okay. like a puzzle element, and there's you have to do some thinking, or else all of your Pikmin get eaten. No, yeah, you don't want that.
1: Okay, my next story is technology news. This is from Robotics and dot com.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Aerospace giant Airbus has unveiled an autonomous airplane that the company is using to research and develop pilotless technologies.
0: Oh, I don't want to be the first one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask you after I... I'm going to ask you about your feelings after I talk through the details. Following an extensive two-year flight test program, Airbus says it has successfully concluded its autonomous taxi takeoff and landing project. In completing this project, Airbus has achieved autonomous taxiing, takeoff, and landing of a commercial aircraft through fully automatic, vision-based flight tests using onboard image recognition technology, a world first in aviation, according to Airbus. In total, over 500 test flights were conducted— Approximately 450 of those flights were dedicated to gathering raw video data to support and fine-tune the algorithms, while a series of six test flights, each one including five takeoffs and landings per run, were used to test the autonomous flight capabilities. Uh, the project was initiated by Airbus to explore how autonomous technologies, including the use of machine learning algorithms and automated tools for data labeling, processing, and model generation, could help pilots focus less on aircraft operations and more on strategic decision-making and mission management. Airbus will continue research into the application of autonomous technologies alongside other innovations in areas such as materials, alternative propulsion systems, and connectivity. So they're researching all sorts of things. But anyway, yeah. So the whole idea is that like during those times, To just, like, automate more stuff.
0: Okay. Would there still be a pilot?
1: That was implied. Okay. Yes, that there would still be a pilot. Then I think I'd
0: be okay with it. Because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the same thing where, like, a lot of people are afraid of flying, but you're much more likely to get into a car accident. Yeah. Like, this probably would be a lot safer because, really, flying has a lot fewer variables, and those variables are well-controlled. Um, Compared to driving? Compared to driving, because you've got, like, literally air traffic controllers who are making sure planes don't crash into each other, and if, like, the planes are smart enough to know not to crash into each other, that seems good. (laughs) I guess, like, just, like, the takeoff and landing thing still scares me, because it's just like, what if something goes wrong in that process, and then it's just like, well, this plane is going to crash Yeah, yeah, and we can't (laughs) do anything. But I guess if there's a pilot, it's probably okay. And uh, and honestly, I've been on a lot of planes where the pilot didn't do such a good job of landing, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I bet the landings will just be smooth more often. It's like not too fine, but they would be, yeah, they would just be more consistent, probably.
0: Yeah, though I guess there are variables like wind and stuff that can affect the ease of landing something like that, but I don't know. It seems like an algorithm then would also be better at accounting for that, like in real time. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm on board as long as there's a pilot still that's just like, yeah, that's how I feel too. Like,
1: I don't (laughs) think. I don't think I would ever feel comfortable flying in a plane that was completely pilotless. Yeah.
0: Autonomous. Until all planes were. It's the same with cars. <laughs> like that's where that's kind of where I'm at. Just like yeah. once they all are and they can all communicate with each other and they're all doing the thing, like, okay. But until then I'm just like, I don't know how yeah, nervi- I'm nervous about doing it. Like,
1: I don't know. Like maybe it's part of it is like with a car if you feel like you're starting to be in a situation that you're not sure what's happening, you could like get out of the car maybe.
0: Yeah. You can't but really do that plane, with a plane. You can't uh. do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck. So, and you're very like powerless feeling. Right. And, like in a car, which maybe in reality, you know, really isn't more safe or anything, but you just, the fe- you feel a little bit more like in control. Right. Even if
0: that's not really true. Yeah. And even know. like in an early, an early autonomous vehicle, you could, like, if you can still grab the steering wheel, you have, like, that personal ability to control it, whereas, mm-hmm. like, this, you like, I'm not going to go run yeah, into like the cockpit what are you and be like, like ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> This is, random passengers are shredding <laughs> it, and they're like, let me try this. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know,
0: but. Yeah. I can't even land a plane <sighs> in a video game, so I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I game.
1: can Have you if ever tried like, one of those, one of those games at, like, an arcade or something that's, like, a, supposed to be like a simulator for like a real commercial airplane and like you have to like land it it's so impossible it's so hard
0: yeah every every game that i've played where you can like fly a plane i can usually take off just fine but once i'm in the air i usually opt to just like jump out with a parachute and let the plane go where it will (laughs) (laughs) every time i try to land it i just end up crashing So I'm usually just bye, and it just, <laughs> it just it flies it into just the distance, crashes hopefully into the ocean, harming no one. Hopefully. It's all fun. It's also too, a game, so. so.
1: <laughs> all right, it's time for breaking news the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly.
0: Penguins.
1: Ready, set,
0: go! go. All right, I found this on UPI. Pakistani 9-year-old breaks Guinness record with periodic table.
1: With a periodic table.
0: So, it sounds like this girl, she's 9 years old, uh, she broke a Guinness World Record when she arranged the elements of the periodic table in 2 minutes and 42 seconds. Like she, it looks like she just had like a bunch of tiles with all of the elements on oh, them wow. and just like arranged them into the periodic table in, in less than 3 minutes, which Ooh, I could not do that. That's that's very impressive. Yeah, and from what I can tell, too, they they just have the elemental symbol on them, not like the num like the numbers, the no- oh, which yeah, would have yeah. kind of made it <laughs> a little yeah. easier.
1: Assuming uh. that the numbers were not on there, so right. she had all of the symbols memorized and their places. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, or their atomic weights, which would be even more impressive. Well, it's not the weight; it's the uh, number of. Oh
1: goodness, it's been too long since so I took chemistry. Yeah, I what's remember. the
0: atomic number mean? The, pro-
1: the protons, it's proton count, right? Not neutrons, right? It's protons, I, I think. think. it's protons. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's protons. I hope it's, yeah.
1: <laughs> I haven't taken chemistry in a long time. I'm pretty clearly, sure it's protons.
0: Clearly we're not Natalia Najam of Lahore, India, because we <laughs> could not do this. Um, she beat the fastest previous time by seven seconds, which was set by an Indian economics professor, <laughs> wow. Meen- uh, Meenakshi uh, Agarwal, who completed the task in two minutes and 49 seconds, Which still sounds really fast to me. (laughs) Um, She said that she hopes her accomplishment inspires other children to pursue careers in STEM. So I thought that was a nice sentiment. Yeah, and also a really impressive thing to do because wow, that's amazing. I have no idea. I I don't know how long that would take me. I probably wouldn't get it done. I'd have to look something up.
1: Oh, there's no. I mean, there's so many elements that I don't lower. Yeah, the ones at the bottom. No, I don't know what those are. (laughs) The ones with the weird names like einsteinium and yeah, stuff the ones like that we made
0: up <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> i have no idea like what order those go in those would not be correct i'd yeah. have to look it up and figure right. it out yeah
0: yeah give me the tiles with the numbers on them i'll get there eventually
1: <laughs> you know what i kind of want to know okay if you have the numbers on all the tiles what is like the fastest you could put them in order like just knowing the answer basically right like, what I is feel the like base? it would still be really difficult <laughs> like that even if you had the numbers on them i feel like it would take two minutes to put all the t- right like to yeah. put them all in the
0: yeah so what's like the like the minimum amount of time this yeah. could take something yeah i think i think we're approaching
1: it <laughs> yeah i think we are okay i found this on gizmodo um and this is about doordash and they're opening up uh brick and mortar locations <laughs> even though they're a virtual delivery service
0: <laughs> i was gonna say they don't even really have like an <laughs> like, online shopping even? like component no
1: no they don't
0: <laughs> what are they doing
1: like all of these like online shopping are like oh maybe we should open up a physical store like why (laughs) um no they're they're, they want to it's yeah they want to open up like corner stores like convenience stores basically with um but
0: also why now it seems like the worst possible time to start a, a physical business i know
1: it makes no sense i yeah i don't know but um Okay, this is what the article says. Delivery service DoorDash is taking a page out of the Amazon playbook and creating standalone stores called Dashmarts, which are physical locations where consumers can pick up, quote, grocery and restaurant items from ice cream and chips to cough medicine and dog food to spice rubs and packaged desserts from the local restaurants you love on DoorDash. So I don't know if, like, all of that is supposed to be from local places or...
0: Yeah, are they just like reselling stuff? Then, like that's
1: kind of what it sounds like.
0: That's so bizarre. It's
1: like, oh, come here and pick up a sandwich from that place down the street. Like, I don't know what.
0: That's also probably on Doordash, and that's on like.
1: Like what? Why would they sell it there?
0: And like, surely they would have to upcharge to make it worth it to them to have that. Yeah, at that point, just pay the fee. To get it delivered,
1: Like, why would you pay that, like, upcharge fee, but you still have to, like, physically go get it? Like, I don't know. That's so strange. Because maybe if it's, like, they're thinking, like, really popular items are just available instantly instead of, like, you have to wait for it to be prepared or something.
0: I guess. But also then (gasps) just, like, go to the sandwich place (laughs) and don't... (laughs) I don't know. And cut out the middleman. Like, what?
1: I don't really get it, um, but... It's happening, I guess, yeah. and they they already have a bunch of cities that are planning to do this, and one I, of them is in Columbus.
0: All right, I'm not going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, why would you go? I mean, I'm not gonna like. I don't think th- this doesn't sound like the type of place you would go like out of your way to go there. But oh, I think for if sure. you like lived down the street from it, yeah, it or if convenient. it was like on your
0: way home from work or something, maybe.
1: Yeah, like you could just stop in and be like, "Oh, let me grab."
0: This is slightly this more thing. convenient than the like going to the actual sandwich place, and also they have dog food. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if it's what it sounds like it is. Like, it's right. a little bit unclear. So, I've, it sounds I'm like a convenience a store bit.
0: with, like, also some local items, maybe. Yeah. Actually, which is just a convenience store, but okay. <laughs>
1: So it's just a convenience store uh-huh. They just want to open up physical stores For some reason Sure Bored We don't know why
0: They're <laughs> <laughs> bored
1: It's because no one has anything else to do
0: I don't know we Let's open a store I don't, Whatever I don't know Here's some money Make something
1: <laughs> Just do something I don't know Yeah just, just do something with this money I'm Door tired Just fun. do the thing Alright that's our show Thanks for listening everybody We post episodes every Friday And as always The links to this week's stories Will be in the episode description
0: you can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash news and on Twitter at, at News.
1: All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.
0: Bye.